listening to Inside the Crew, the only radio show dedicated to all things Columbus Crew and the beautiful game. Sponsored by Coda, a trusted mobility sponsor of the Columbus Crew. Here's your host, Chris Doran. Welcome to Inside the Crew. Still on a bit of a high after that 2-1 victory on Saturday night against Montreal. It ended up being a perfect case scenario as the results for the uh, Philadelphia-New England game went our way. And we end up as the third seed going into the playoffs with a date against Atlanta beginning next week. We'll talk about the playoffs in just a little bit. We'll hear from Pat Murphy, the managing editor of Massive Report. We'll also hear from Wilfried Nazi, the head coach of the Black and Gold, as well as the captain and the game-winning goal scorer, Darlington Nagby, in just a few minutes. And Sean Zawatsky, who started at left center back on uh, Saturday night and did a stellar job. We'll hear from him as well. We'll talk crew two briefly as well. Uh, you know, just a great season for those guys. They go on the road, get a couple of key victories in the postseason using the young players from the academy. Head coach Laurent Courtois and his staff and his team have got to be awfully proud and happy with the result. Uh, not able to get past Austin FC on Sunday night at lower.com field. They did not defend their MLS Cup. Uh, MLS Next Pro Cup championship that they won last year. Uh, but that's okay. Really great season from those guys. Congratulations to Crew 2 on a terrific 2023 campaign. Our show tonight brought to you by Tipico Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the Black and Gold, and by Ohio Cat, the official construction equipment provider of the Columbus Crew. Well, the 2-1 win on Saturday night did a lot of different things in terms of the record books. It's going to require some new typing um, because uh, Columbus was able to tie their record for most home wins in a season with 12. They matched, uh, no, they surpassed their uh, record for most points uh, earned in uh, home games with 40. Uh, they were also able to set a new record in goal differential uh, at home with plus 27. It was plus 16 set back in 2020. And uh, they were also able to match their uh, goal scoring output for a single season, which is exceptional. For the black and gold. So we have a very offensive team, don't we? We've known that all along, or at least since maybe like week three, week four. Uh, maybe week one, it didn't quite look that way, but certainly it settled in as we got through the first third of the season, looking for more of that in the postseason. Here's what the goal scoring sounded like on Saturday night. After Montreal went up 1-0 in the seventh minute, it was Cucho Hernandez who was able to make things even Steven. In the 18th minute. Near flank, here's Amundsen to Matan. Cuts in on the dribble. Second cut on the dribble. Chip ball, far side. Julian Gressel brings it down. Drops it back. Barrera is there. Going to go around the traffic. Leave it for Cucho. The shot's a goal for Columbus! Well, Steven Marrera did an awful lot of work in that sequence. In the end, it was Cucho Hernandez with the icing on the cake. His 16th goal of the season. And in the 18th minute, Columbus has tied this game 1-1. And that's the way it was going into the locker room. Coming out of the locker room, nice to see the crew strike first within the first five minutes of the second half of play. Sawatsky on the turf. Forward finds Amundsen. Let's the ball do the work. Forward to Cucho. Gets it back. Amundsen inside the 18. Leaves it for Nagby. Top of the 18. Shots a goal for Columbus! 50th minute. Combination plays all over the park. And it ends with Darlington Nagby turning the key. 
for a 2-1 lead against Montreal in the 50th minute. Darlington Nagby with his third goal on the year. He made the MLSsoccer.com team of the week. On the bench, Stephen Marrera, who picked up an assist on Cucho Hernandez's goal. And so Columbus enjoys the 2-1 victory over the weekend. Malta Amundsen getting the start on Saturday night. Did so in the left wing back role just ahead of Sean Zawatsky. Great seeing him out there and then great talking to him post-game as he celebrated a victory in front of the home fans. Yeah, that's amazing. End the regular season like this uh, and showing showing the heart and passion with it. Going down in the beginning and coming back is... Uh, it's a nice way to show spirit on the last game of the regular season. And for 40 minutes, you had to maintain that lead, and that was something that maybe there were some questions about, but yet you were able to do that. Success, Successful feeling, being able to do that. So that is amazing leading into the playoffs, exactly what we want. You joined this team in, uh, in May, and you, know, you, you didn't really know much about Columbus. What can you say about your experience here, having been with this group and having the success with this group? Uh, I, I think uh, the, like, I, I have a different confidence now coming from that, from what I get from all the fans, from the coaches. So that tells me that it's amazing here. It's hard to describe, actually, but I feel so good here, and, uh, and, and that's part of why I contribute to the team. So... So it's it's amazing to be here. As a fam- former member of the New York City uh, Soccer Club, you know what the playoffs are like. You know how important it is to be game ready on those Saturdays when you have a, a do or die situation. Really, um, what can you bring from that experience that will help the group beginning next week? Uh, I'm trying to take the leadership that I can in my role, help where I feel like I can help. Um, because if we can all share a little bit information help whatever we feel like we know then 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 one plus one can maybe be more than two columbus crew defender malta amundsen on saturday night following the 2-1 victory over montreal post game in the locker room the captain and game-winning goal scorer darlington nagby reflecting on the performance for the black and gold well i think today was just a good learning experience and i think we went down that goal and nothing changed you know there was no then the guys left nervous, you know, we just kind of picked back up where things were, you know, we started well, gave up the goal and continued to play well, so, you know, just a good learning experience, uh, come playoff time, you know, no matter what happens, just keep playing, keep trusting the process and keep keep doing executing what we, did, what we did all week before the game. That's the captain, Darlington Nagby, who made the MLSsoccer.com team of the week, along with Steven Marrera, who's on the bench for that award. Wilfried Nancy, the head coach of the Black and Gold, said he made a point of bringing the team together and reminding them of what they looked like 33 games ago. When they faced off at late February up in uh, Chester, Pennsylvania against Philadelphia and how different the team looks now because of all the lessons the team has learned together during the course of a very long MLS regular season. We started uh, 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 the February 25th, our first game, and um, the destination was the, the last game, uh, 34th game today, tonight. And the, the idea was to prove them and to show them that during this moment we enjoy living our journey and because of that we've been through a lot of things good difficult and bad so they are not the same player and tonight the way we finish the game for me it's a fact that we grew so I congratulate them for that because 
soccer-wise, we know that we, we can do good things, but the consistency uh, was better. And for me, it's been our journey for the MLS season, and now we're going to start a new journey uh, with the playoff. That's right. They'll start that playoff journey next Wednesday at Lower.com Field against Atlanta. And Coach Nancy's confident in the group going into the postseason. He knows that over the course of the regular season, a lot of lessons have been learned. A lot of growing has taken place all within the group. We played 34 games and uh, within these 40, 34 games, we had all kinds of situations. We play with one man down. We we play with one man up. We come, we came from behind. We got scored at the end of the game. We scored also at the end of the game. So we lived all these kind of situations. So play of time. This is not about uh, uh, changing something. No, uh, we are confident in the beginning about what we want to do. We are humble also because we know that everything can go fast. But at the end of the day, the the for me the recipe to go far. In this kind of situation, with the playoff, is going to be how we going to how all the teams is going to be able to handle uh, the adversity that we're going to face. Head coach Wilfred Nazi looking ahead, but also reflecting on the success of the regular season for the Black and Gold. It has been amazing that he's been able to take a good chunk of the core of the roster from last year sprinkle a few new pieces in especially in july and then find himself in a position where he's got this group of guys all buying in they're all he says very very coachable i know that i ask them a lot uh in terms of uh, 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 uh try to be brave and also uh try to uh, embrace this adversity and try to be calm and composed at the same time. So, but like I told you, there is the ego behind that. And sometimes uh, they are at the edge to make the mistake, and we made a lot of mistakes, a few mistakes, and we conceded goals. And you know, sometimes the players, they don't want to show anymore. They don't want to play anymore. But they, they kept going. And for me, this is the trust that we put with the organization and uh, all the players. That's that's why we, we had a good season uh, this year. So we'll see next year. Head coach Wilfried Nazi of the Columbus Crew, the captain and game-winning goal scorer Saturday night. Darlington Nagby reflecting post-game on the continuity within the group in the locker room. I think it's been huge. You know, I like most, most about this group. Uh, players and staff and you know, I think just the trust that we put in each other uh, trust they put in us you know come in here with a bunch of new players and us you know the trust that we put in them trusting them that they can lead us and take us in the right direction and uh, I think the merger of those two have been, have been good for us. Darlington Nagby post game following the 2-1 victory over the Montreal Impact and now the third seed in the Eastern Conference as the crew gets set for a matchup against Atlanta. Best of three series. It's all about wins and losses, not aggregate goals when these two teams meet. In fact, that's the story for all of the first-round playoff games. Tomorrow night, we've got some play-in games. We'll talk about that momentarily. want to reflect quickly on Sean Zawadzki, who has become a bit of a utility player for the black and gold. We saw him not just as a holding midfielder last year in his first year with the first team, but also as he backed Aiden Morris, was sort of experimented with as a right center back early in the season. And they moved to center back and then moved to left center back on uh, on Saturday night against Montreal as Malta Amundsen moved up to the left side. And Yao Yabo was only g- able to give a handful of minutes late in that one against Montreal. Sawatsky said when the season started, he had no idea 
that over 34 games he'd be used in so many different ways and actually enjoy it. This After the game today, some of the staff was coming up to me and like, um, even going back to last year, they, they asked me if I would have ever thought this would happen last year and, to, and it's the last thing I would have thought, you know. Um, I, I think being able to play those positions and doing it how, the best I can, um, however that may be, um, and just trying to help the team every step of the way, whether it's the center, mid, center midfielder, the center back, uh, left wing, but like whoever it is, I think just kind of giving everything I can to, to help the team succeed. And he certainly has from a lot of different positions. On Saturday, it was from left center back Sean Zawatsky on his opportunities with the Black and Gold in his second year as a first team member. Congratulations to him and the rest of the Black and Gold, and congratulations to the fans too. Because of all the work you've done in selling out Lower.com Field, the postseason campaign altogether now has actually been inspired by you, the supporters. Uh, We've got a whole bunch of things to mention here. We'll get to them very quickly. A reminder that the playoff game against Atlanta at home is at 7.30 next Wednesday at Lower.com Field. That game's a sellout, thanks to you. Uh, Two hours, I think, the tickets were gone. And so that's a wrap on that. The folks going to the game will get a rally towel, compliments of our friends at Ohio Health and G&J Pepsi. want to also mention that um, there's an opportunity for you to get your car decked out in black and gold in support of the Columbus crew during the playoff campaign from 4 to 6 p.m., excluding match days every Wednesday. So tomorrow night would count. You can be a part of a reverse car wash presented by um, Ohio Health and the Columbus Crew on Columbus Crew Way, which is the road that is on the very west side of Lower.com Field. It's perpendicular to Nationwide Boulevard. You pull your car through, you'll get decorated in black and gold. And the first 50 fans who join the event will get a free uh, car wash from Moo Moo Express Car Wash. So that's all a part of the event and the week of All Together Now. The campaign, I should say, of Altogether Now, which will run through the playoffs, and that um, reverse car washes every Wednesday, excluding match days, on um, Columbus Crew Way downtown. Uh, we've also got a lot of other opportunities for you to enjoy supporting the black and gold. We've got some uh, Altogether Now signs that are available. I think you can get them at Ohio Health Performance Center and look for other opportunities to pick up on signs by visiting social media sites for the Columbus Crew, both on Instagram and Twitter as well as Facebook. I want to mention the play-in games for the Eastern Conference tomorrow night, Wednesday, Red Bulls versus Charlotte, and then you've got San Jose and Kansas City on Thursday night, playoff games, or play-in game, I should say, for the Western Conference. Atlanta and Columbus, the next match on the schedule. It's Wednesday night at Lower.com Field. We're going to talk playoffs and a whole lot more with Pat Murphy, the managing editor at Massive Report, when we continue tonight on Inside the Crew. Whatever you're doing right now, just know that Bo Bishop is enjoying a sip of bourbon. Even if this promo is playing in the morning, no judgment. Ah, sweet morning drinking. The Fanation. And welcome back to Inside the Crew, brought to you by Wendy's. At Wendy's, we're focused on what matters. That's why we've made our hamburgers square. When you want the best hamburger, square is the beef. As promised, Patrick Murphy joins us, the managing editor at Massive Report. Talk about the the weekend win and what's ahead for the black and gold. Of course, a playoff game against Atlanta at home, which is sold out next Wednesday at Lower.com Field. Pat, thanks for being on the show. First, before we start playoffs, what was your reaction to the result against Montreal Saturday night? I think it was a professional performance from a team that just needed to get a result in that game and and kind of ensure its spot um, or its standings in the playoffs. It was already obviously the crew was obviously already in, 
but the opportunity to move up to third, ensure you get that home uh, home field advantage, at least in the, the first round of the playoffs, and that CONCACAF Champions Cup, I think is what we're calling it now, Spot. It is, yes. So they didn't need to go out and blow the doors off Montreal. I thought, obviously, they give up the early goal. They come back, uh, tie the game. And then, you know, once especially they kind of got control of things, I thought it was exactly what we've wanted to see from the crew this season. There have been too many times, not only when they've given up leagues, but just when they've kind of been panicky, um, especially early on in the year. And I think that had a lot to do with the younger guys. But this was just, like I said, a professional performance. They got the lead. They didn't put their foot on the gas and, and try and go for a third or a fourth goal and risk giving up anything the other way. I thought they just handled it very well, which obviously we know they can score goals, right? They've done it all season long, but to be able to control a game and and see out a team that you know was on the cusp of making the playoffs is a good sign, I think, as you head into the postseason, where you're going to have to do that at times. You're going to have to grind out results and uh, you know not give up some of the late goals that we've seen from this team. I think it's a really good point. The the young guys were responsible at times for pushing the game when it didn't have to be pushed. And on Saturday night, one of the great examples of a switch in the paradigm was Mo Farsi deep in the south corner, controlling the ball and opting not to penetrate on the goal line, but instead to stay in the corner. Yeah, absolutely. I I know exactly what you're talking about. And I had the same thought watching the game was early in the year. He tries to get into the box or cross the ball. And not that there's anything wrong with that, especially if you can get on the end of it. And, you know, if you get a third goal there, the game's really over. But you also can can kill the game off a little bit, and he's had to learn from that. There have been moments for him specifically and some of his young teammates where not going to the corner has not necessarily hurt the team, but in film sessions, I'm sure they've pointed out, hey, we we can take the sting out of things. And I know Wilfred Nancy talked with us during the year about you know, taking time on throw-ins, uh, you know, nothing that just being, you know, kind of professional about the game. And, and these are things you you learn through the process of doing it. And it's good to see that a young guy like that, especially one who hasn't played a ton recently, has certainly picked up on those things because you hope Julian Gressel's healthy and plays throughout the whole playoffs, but you never know what happens. Mo Farsi's played really well, but to see him kind of evolve will be a positive if you do need him in a big moment. Yevin Shaburko had a great performance against Atlanta in his second start as a member of the Columbus crew in an MLS regular season game. And so it was less nervy to see him come off the bench on Saturday night to seal the deal for Columbus. I think it's interesting how some of the the guys have been integrated. This is continuing for me to be a litmus test on how much you can turn over a roster midseason and still have success because they've turned it over quite a bit. If you go back, we did this on our podcast earlier this week, go back and look at the starting lineup from the first couple games of the season. It's so very different than what we expect now. Now, some of those guys obviously have MLS experience, but a guy like Shaburko, who hasn't played a ton, but needed to come in and, and fit into this team, I think is really starting to do that. And you know, maybe this time next year, we're talking about him in the same way we talked about Jonathan Mensah at the end of his second season, where he finally settled in and was really becoming a factor. Uh, right now, he just needs to be a, a part of the whole. Uh, I think they have kind of their starting group figured out. Now they can make changes. And I think it's really nice that you have a number of options, especially defensively, to match up with teams or, or handle certain situations. And he's a part of that. Uh, but he definitely seems to have calmed down and, and adjusted to the league, or at least started to do that. Um, there weren't the uh, 
I don't want to say groans because I don't think that happened when he subbed into games earlier, but I do know that there were some concerns earlier on, at least among the fan base of, okay, this guy hasn't proven he can do it. Now he's being asked to step in when, when we need to see out a match. Well, I think you've started to see that he's able to, to help doing that. And, and Saturday was another good example. Pat Murphy is the managing editor at Massive Report. He joins us on Inside the Crew. Uh, Columbus and Atlanta in the first round of the playoffs, two of the best attacking teams in the league. This has got to be one of the best matchups in the entire playoff structure this year. It certainly seems like it. And MLS appears to be highlighting it. They give both teams, I think, nine days off in between. I think they're the only game on that Wednesday, November 1st to, to play. So the league certainly seems to think that this will be one that people want to tune in for. I, I think, you know, you just look at the games this season. I know the first game, obviously, Atlanta was without several key players, but the crew hangs six on them. And then this this one recently in Atlanta, yes, it was only a 1-1 game, but exciting back and forth. Uh, you know, that game could have been 3-3 three to three as, as much as it could have been 1-1. One to one. It will be interesting to see defensively how these two teams handle it. Neither have been great defensively. Atlanta, those defensive numbers actually reflect a, of the teams that didn't make the playoffs. And we know the crew have had issues at times, though I think they've gotten better on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. This is, I don't know if there was a matchup that you look at and you're like, if from a crew perspective and like, that's the one I want because the Eastern Conference is so difficult. Uh, but they certainly didn't get a, an easy pass here as the third seed. Atlanta is, and I would say the same about the crew, capable of making a really deep run and you know potentially winning MLS Cup. So these two teams, I imagine, are going to really battle it out. Um, you know, I, I expect these games to be close. I don't expect them to be as tight as maybe some of the other series, just because of what we just talked about with these offenses. But I do think it will be a lot of fun, and this may be a good example of why the the best of three or whatever we're calling this new format works at least in the early rounds because you get to see these teams take on each other more than once and, and get more of a true sense of who deserves to move on i asked the league office for uh just anybody to talk a little bit the competition committee really about why they decided to structure it this way um haven't come through for me i'm not going to derail the league office because of that but i will say this i i can't help but think television's got a lot to do with the fact that they want to carry the suspense of the playoffs beyond the fifa break into the holidays and have people talking about it thanksgiving weekend yeah absolutely and i was honestly surprised just because of what you just said that they didn't have this extend into the conference finals this format that those will just be one game um i i thought it seemed to me the more games, the better was the approach. And, and maybe Apple TV had something to do with that as well. Now, you can only go so far, right? You're asking teams to play well into December if you if you do that format. But uh, I do remember way back in the day, and I think specifically of the 2002 season, because that year, what is now Historic Crew Stadium was going to host MLS Cup. And this was the format then, I think through the entire playoffs, if I remember correctly, and the crew played uh, the San Jose Earthquakes, who ended up winning MLS Cup with Landon Donovan and Dwayne DiRosario in that series, which is weird to think about now with East and West and, and all that. But mm -hmm. those were a lot of fun. Um, this format's a little bit different with penalty kicks and, and whatnot. Uh, I am a bit surprised they didn't just go back to the uh, two-leg aggregate that, that soccer fans know so well, similar to the Champions League and whatnot. But I do think 
on paper, maybe people are a little apprehensive of this, but I do think it will be interesting. And, and I did like the format back in the day. Now I was, uh, I was young and wanted to watch as much, as much soccer as possible, but I do think that, that there is something here, at least if they handle it right. Pat Murphy is the managing editor at Massive Report. He joins us on Inside the Crew. Uh, you talk about um, penalty kicks. That's how we're going to solve the the draw situations at the end of 90 minutes in this first round of play. Yeah, I think the the good thing about that, and I'm never a fan of ending games on penalty kicks, but at least t- teams got some experience with going straight to penalty kicks in uh, the uh, the midseason tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, Leagues there. Cup, yeah. There we go. I was thinking MLS is back, but I knew that was wrong. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, then the Leagues Cup, and the crew obviously went out that way, um, but it was a little jarring, I think, at first in some of those games to oh, we, we tied, now we're going to penalty kicks. You know, you're coming off league play where you just tie games. And I know there were a couple of fans um, at that Minnesota game that I talked to while walking around the concourse that were like, wait, what happens if they tie? And I was like, it goes directly to penalty. They're like, there's no overtime? No, there's no overtime. Right. Um, so it will take some getting used to, but I do think the fact that people were at least aware of that from um, the, the League's Cup will be beneficial. I get it. Just over the course of of a long series like that, you don't want teams adding an extra 30 minutes to to what will probably be already some tired legs. Uh, Again, I I just think ending a game on penalty kicks is one of the worst ways to do it, but I don't have a better solution unless you're just going to ask these guys to keep playing until there's a winner, and that's not a great idea either. So... I hope let's hope for the crew's sake that they can just get the job done in regulation. Don't have to worry about it. And isn't that part of the tactical adjustment for a team? Because yeah. there are there are away teams in these two game or now three game leg tournament uh, rounds where you're actually you're OK with a draw. If you know that you're going to go back home next week in front of your hometown crowd and maybe get a one oh or a two one win, then a draw on the road's not so bad. Yeah, absolutely. That It does change the tactical approach, even late game substitutions. If you have sure. guys that you, uh, you know, you trust to take penalty kicks on the bench or guys that you may want to leave in, even if they're a little tired because they're your, your go-to penalty kick takers. Well, I don't know if we've seen it much in MLS, but I know it happens around the world. Sometimes maybe your backup goalkeeper is a, a better penalty kick stopper than your starter. And so maybe you make that change as well. It's, it's, a different approach to the end of game situations that Wilfred Nancy and all of these coaches in the playoffs will certainly have to um, adjust to. I'm sure they've already had some talks about it. again. I think the league's cup helped a little bit there. Well, sure. And, and obviously there are going to be players working on their penalty kicks. We go back to 2017 when Atlanta and Columbus met down at Mercedes Benz stadium in the playoff game that had to be settled in penalty kicks. And that of course was the uh, opportunity for Columbus to move on to the Eastern conference semifinals. Pat Murphy, hang on for us for just a moment we'll take a break when we come back we'll talk a little more about this uh, matchup as well as crew two and their final performance against austin fc2 on sunday night at lower.com field as we continue this evening on inside the crew the only show where sports talk is eclipsed by food talk oh common man and t-bone weekdays from three to six the fan Back again on Inside the Crew. Thanks for being with us. If you're listening on your car or truck radio, please remember to buckle your safety belt. This message brought to you by the Ohio Department of Public Safety. If you're not buckled up, what's holding you back? 
Pat Murphy is the managing editor at Mass- Massive Report. He joins us on Inside the Crew. Pat, I'm thinking back a number of years, not too long ago, when teams would come out of the regular season finale, qualify for the playoffs, have to sell playoff tickets within five or six days, and then you know show up on the first day of the playoff round with half of a stadium full of fans. It's not going to be the case at Lower.com next Wednesday night when the crew play host to Atlanta in the first round of the playoffs. And we have a sellout within two hours of the tickets going on sale yesterday. Are you surprised by the reception from supporters for postseason play at Lower.com Field? Yeah, it's incredible. Um, And, you know, not only the numbers, but just being in that stadium and and feeling the atmosphere. Uh, I was a bit late to the game um, against Montreal and driving through the nationwide area, uh, nationwide arena area. You can hear the chants from the stadium and the drums. And that just wasn't happening when you were getting off uh, 71 South to come to, to historic crew stadium, obviously a great venue. There were some great playoff matchups there. There were definitely some sellouts, but what they've been able to build with this fantastic stadium and now getting uh, the city, the fans to to really buy in throughout this season has been remarkable. And I think there's going to be some great atmospheres for these playoff games, uh, you know, we hope there will be several playoff games, right? But it, it's, it's like I said, it's remarkable. This is exactly what everyone hoped for with the Save the Crew movement. And in it's the business metrics came up over the weekend with Austin coming to, uh, to Columbus for the Crew 2 MLS Next Cup uh, final. That also kind of got stirred up. And, you know, you, you just think back to that time and, and the hope that, look, we know if if, if there's a, a way that this team can stay in Columbus and get the right people behind it, that this can be successful. And you build that brand new stadium and things are going well, but it wasn't like they were selling out every game in uh, right. that first year. They sold out a good amount of them. There was great attendance. It, it was still very good. But now it's really gotten to the point where I think everyone was hoping it could be. And, and I think it's fantastic for the team, for the city. Um, they're in a good spot. You know, both physically and with, with how things are going down there. I'm going to ask you about the MLS Next Pro Final in just a moment, but first, before we move off the first team, Pat Murphy, Managing Editor at Massive Report. You've been a part of covering this team for many years and a fan early before that. Uh, what does it mean for Mr. Crew, Josh Williams, to have potentially played his last game with the black and gold and uh, eyeing what looks like hopefully many decades of a more normal life for him and his family? Yeah, it's funny. I did an interview with Josh. I wrote a story on him earlier on the year when he was first coming back from from that ankle injury suffered in preseason. And I I asked him, is retirement something on your mind? And he was candid that it is. Um, Obviously, at at this point in his career, he's dealt with some injuries. He's not playing a ton. Um, And and then I asked what what's next for a guy like him? And I think it's true for a lot of players. They don't, they don't know. And it's kind of a scary thing, right? Because sure. what they've known for so long is, is soccer or, you know, whatever your sport may be. And especially when you play at this high of a level. And he talked with me about, you know, he, he'd love to get into coaching, but he'd also kind of like to have his weekends and, you know, be able to just kind of live a, a normal life. But he also only really knows soccer. So he's, you know, we think of these guys as being old from a sports standpoint. He's got a long life to live here. Uh, where he's, you know, going to have to do something. So it'll be interesting to catch up with Josh when we get the opportunity and and kind of see where his mind is. You know, I don't want to write him off if he does decide he wants to give it another go. Uh, But especially if this team can make another run, a deep run, 
He fortunately was a key part of that 2020 MLS Cup team. So he's you know, been, you know, not only won a championship, but been a, a starting center back on one of those teams. So it's not like he he needs to get that last thing, right? He's he's accomplished plenty in his career. Um, you know, whatever Josh does, I think he's gonna be very successful at it. But I don't envy that that end of career situation for any professional athlete where they have to figure out what's next for them um, because it is such a unique situation in in the life of a professional athlete. They truly have been on one lane for a long time, haven't they? Yeah. It's not like they've even experienced the slow lane as some of us have in our professional careers. It's always been the left-hand lane and they're always going past others. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, a guy that crew fans obviously are not uh, overly fond of, Michael Bradley, just announcing his retirement quickly into coaching. Uh, you yeah. know, and I think everybody we we talked about this with Brett Hildebrand on, on the Mass Report podcast. Like everyone expected Michael Bradley to to follow in the footsteps of his dad and get involved into coaching. So some guys, and I, this is why I bring this up, some guys there is a clear next thing. And you know, if you play in Europe for years and years and years, maybe you don't have to immediately get into. Um, you know, something else you can, you can sort of slowly figure it out though. We have examples like Wayne Rooney who did quickly get into coaching, right? Um, and then quickly out. And then, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens with Josh. I, like I said, I think he will do well. Um, I think he's probably had more time to consider what's next for him throughout the course of this season where he hasn't played a ton. And, uh, you know, again, he'll be successful, no doubt. Pat Murphy joins us on Inside the Crew. Just a few minutes left uh, for the managing editor at Massive Report. You talk about head coaching and the 10 absences from head coaching roles this year. Some of them have been filled, but in the league, it's a, been a record in terms of a full season of uh, coaches leaving their posts. Pat, do you think Laurent Courtois, the head coach of Crew 2, is ready to take the next step to a first team? I thought that might be exactly where you're going. If he wants to, absolutely. Um, I know in, in talking with him a handful of times, just about what he's passionate about, he loves working with, with these young kids and developing them. Now, so does Wilfred Nancy, and you're still able to do that at a first-team level. It's just different, right? right. You're, there's more pressure on you to win. You have to play some, some veterans. Um, you can sprinkle in the, the youth development as well, but that's not your primary focus. So if Laurent, Laurent Courtois decides... Okay, I would I would like to be challenged at a first team level or or something beyond MLS Next Pro. I think there will definitely be people interested in speaking with him because of the job he's done. Last year was a fantastic season for Crew Two, winning MLS Next Pro Cup. This year was such a different animal because they didn't have Jason Russell Rowe, Mo Farsi, Philip Quinton for most of the season. Patrick Schulte. It was a very much a younger team of guys that are still really developing and and those guys were developing too last year but they were further along in that process um in, in their young professional careers the fact that he not only got them back to the postseason i think they finished third in the eastern conference but then moved on and, and got to the mls next pro cup once again hosting it again um is is quite the feat and yes he's very good at developing these guys but he also can put together a plan to win a game. Um, and they did that throughout the playoffs, had to win a couple 1-0 games, scored in stoppage time at one point. Wilfred Nancy talked with us this past week about how he wanted to see these guys be brave in those moments because there had been some 4-5-0 and five zero defeats throughout this year as this team, as we were talking about with a guy like Mo Farsi earlier, 
Uh, they had to learn how to win some games a little bit differently. And, and I think they showed that. And I think Laurent Courtois had to coach them to do those things. So the season does not end the way he wanted, obviously losing that game to Austin. But yes, to answer your question, I do think his name will be on some lists if he chooses the ra- that route to go. Massive reports, Pat Murphy on Inside the Crew. Thanks so much for being a part of the show. Absolutely, Chris. I always love doing it. Pat Murphy, the managing editor at Massive Report on Inside the Crew. Great to have him with us and uh, great to have you along for the show tonight. Brought to you by Tipico Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the Black and Gold. The Black and Gold have launched the All Together Now campaign. We've talked about that already. We've got details coming up again, if you haven't heard it, right around the corner as we continue tonight on Inside the Crew. To 971thefan.com to listen on demand and subscribe to all our podcasts. Wasting time has never been easier. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus. The Fan.